Welcome to Closing Day. This podcast is for anyone looking to get into their very first home. The steps to buying a property are complicated. How much house can I afford? Where do I start? Should I just rent for the rest of my life? Hear from industry experts and get the answers. If you're looking to purchase your first home, you are in the right place. This podcast will help you get closer to closing day. We are back with another episode of Closing Day. Today we talk with Chris Nero. Chris is a realtor and co-founder of the Montana Real Estate Consultants. He's in the business of helping people and today he helps us understand why some markets take off with high home prices and others cruise right along. We specifically dive into first-time home buying strategies and building your team. Make sure you listen to the part where we discuss the topic of whether a home is an asset or a liability. I know that you're going to get a ton out of this episode. Chris was such an energetic, uh, enthusiastic guest, and I'm sure we'll probably have him on again. He was uh, full of knowledge, so excited to talk and enjoy this episode. Just like that, uh, here we are live with Chris Nero. Chris is a licensed realtor and co-founder of Montana Real Estate Consultants. So Chris, welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to have you. Kyle, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about what you're doing with this podcast. It's a great value to new home buyers and anyone looking to uh, find more information in their area. Cool. Um, so thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. And you know, this is cool doing it virtually. You're there in Bozeman. I'm here in Missoula, Montana. Uh, two markets that are, they're pretty high right now in terms of first time home buyers. And we hear a lot here in Missoula, you know, oh, it's, it's really high. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for it to drop a little bit or, um, you know, saving 20% on a $300,000 home is unrealistic right now. Um, so I guess before we get into kind of your path into real estate, I just wanted to start right off with that question. Like what sort of advice would you have for somebody in a market that is pretty high, I guess, and uh, in the state of Montana or elsewhere when they're looking to get into their first home? Absolutely. Well, you know, the uh, value aspect aside, I'd say number one is get representation, whether that be a licensed realtor, a real estate agent, um, or even a legal attorney or, you know, someone that you uh, can rely on there to represent you and go about the deal, take the liability out of the equation in a lot of cases. And um, in a very similar regard with, uh, you know, legal uh, counsel, uh, although real estate agents aren't technically legal counsel, uh, taking that liability off of the negotiation in any case, whether it be a $250,000 home uh, or a $800,000 property, it is always best to have someone representing you um, in a way that can take the liability off and really take the pressure off of um, all of the things that have to go in checklists with looking at a property and uh, all the way until closing, which is a lot what you talk about is taking everything till closing and, and finding out what those steps are, how to negotiate and navigate those. Um, and so I'd say number one is get representation. Um, and then also uh, communicate with that representation provider. Um, let mm -hmm. them know what you're looking for, what price point, uh, especially in, like you were saying in Bozeman's high value market, it's important to realize what you can afford right off the bat. So that is number three is get with a lender early, get pre-qualified, get pre-approved because those things are going to help you in the, um, 
you know, putting in an offer. If you want to get into a property early, if you see something you fall in love with, in some cases, unfortunately, it's something that you're vastly underqualified for. Mm. for. So, and you know, you want to make sure that is out of the way first, um, and then get representation. Or, you know, your representation may require you to get pre-qualified before they and look for properties for you. So um, yep. that's paramount is, is getting that done that way from day one, you and your agent or you and your uh, legal counsel, whoever's helping you um, in this negotiation. Uh, let's say it is a realtor or a real estate agent. The way they look for those properties is zeroing in on uh, exact statistics that what you are looking for. So being honest right up front with that representation is step two after getting representation. Yeah. yeah. Those are great tips, sort of getting started. You mentioned getting uh, representation, you know, getting someone in your court. Yeah. We talk a lot about building your team. You talk about your journey in real estate and how you went from maybe having someone that needed a team to, to now part of many teams who are looking to get their first home or their second home or an investment property. And what interested you in, in getting started in, in the real estate world? Certainly. So uh, the way I got started was actually a musician friend of mine here in Bozeman uh, named Adam Greenberg. He's actually another co-founder of the uh, uh, Montana Real Estate Consultants. And he got it in my head that, you know, the real estate is about personal branding, personal marketing, similar to what we do in the music industry. When we book gigs for ourselves, we're mm. communicating with people to book new venues we're representing ourselves as a independent contractor, as someone that um, is the professional performing as well as the one booking and negotiating the contract, everything. So, mm -hmm. um, and in addition to that, of course, like the marketing, uh, you also have public awareness through that uh, as well as other um, social media aspects and things like that that are widely available and is a great tool nowadays. Um, but I got in basically talking to him saying that um, I've always been interested in real estate and business and uh, basically helping people to their potential, whether that be financial, personal, um, physical, uh, any sort of those uh, uh, aspects that people can build off of in life uh, really fascinated me. So uh, um, when it comes to real estate and like you were saying, uh, those people trying to come into their first mint or uh, maybe even experienced home buyers or people that invest very, very frequently in real estate, um, the fascination for me came down to um, how you can build equity and uh, really create a cash flow, uh, especially in a market where um, there are a lot of residential lease opportunities, uh, such as Bozeman, you know, when the property values are going up, people will uh, leverage their, um, you know, their payment and their, their mortgage in a new property um, mm -hmm. and get that cash flow, which, uh, which can really help in life and has, has transformed a lot of people's lives um, is, um, not only saving their money from their income, but also making money on top of that by investing in real estate and other um, assets, um, which I know is another question we're going to come to. Um, but viewing that as an asset that can be um, uh, very uh, beneficial to one's financial portfolio, as well as anyone's, um, you know, uh, financial goals in general, just to be yeah. independent have something that they can say that they own and, and can create them a, a, a financial freedom or a path to wealth that not a lot of things can these days. Right. right. 
Yeah, path to wealth is interesting, especially for first-time home buyers. When they look at yeah. their current salaries and they talk with their lender and they say, here's how much house you can afford. And it always happens, doesn't it? That the house that you fall in love with is just above that affordability meter that your lender told you, you know, here's where you'd probably be comfortable at your current salary. And I think a lot of people make the mistake or maybe not a mistake of uh, setting that bar high and getting into a house that maybe they can't afford, but hopefully they can sort of grow into affording, uh, but find themselves sort of strapped with this mortgage and not feeling like they're accumulating wealth, but instead are house poor. You know, we've heard that phrase before. Do you have any advice for, you know, when you're working with first time home buyers and they're looking at properties that might be outside their price range? Um, are those conversations that you have as a realtor or do you sort of leave that up to the lender to, to decide, or do you leave it up to the, the people who you're showing the house to be like, well, if you think you can afford it, you can afford it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough in those situations to, uh, to really be, uh, you know, again, legal counsel is kind of a, a place we, we try to stay away from. Um, but we yeah. can, you know, advise people to make an educated decision. So when we look at the numbers, um, especially right off the bat with a lender, you'll know what you can afford. But um, as an agent uh, myself, I usually try to stay within uh, like a 10% um, uh, afforded over overage for yeah. that, uh, that kind of top range. So, you know, when we look at a property that may be, let's say at, at, at the minimum $50,000 above what they can afford, um, you know, negotiation can take a chunk out of that. Um, but mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, you know, the houses are, are priced correctly and, you know, that could be, already 20% below market value for that property. So um, there's not a lot of leverage there as far as negotiating that price. Um, And like I said, in in some cases, the maximum um, $150,000 over what they can afford, you know, and in a lot of cases, people are going to say or realize we can't afford this. And if we get into this, the mortgage payments too much, anyhow, the principal and the pay down, the interest will be too much. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and like you said, being house poor, I mean, what's, what's the benefit of having a property that is over your means and uh, over your income level that the lender basically laid out for you uh, would yeah. be a comfortable range. So my, re- yeah, my recommendation is, is, is get into a range where um, you can kind of overshoot your expectations a little bit financially, but mm-hmm. within a comfortable range. If you have an income that, that says you can only afford, um, you know, a $450,000 uh, house, then looking at $500,000 properties wouldn't be that much of a stretch, uh, especially with negotiation, like I said. Yeah. Um, and a 30 year mortgage, you know, it's like, Hey, that, right. Right. Spreading that out over a good amount of time. Absolutely. So being locked into that kind of, uh, um, upper market or excuse me, upper, uh, uh, valued properties above, um, what you can afford, I would say stay under $50,000. That's usually the negotiation range. Okay. Um, with prices in Bozeman, we're seeing around a 92% of asking price um, with, with the offers coming in and, and sold properties reflecting that as well. So that's something to realize as well. Very cool. Um, that's, I think that's great advice, you know, being, um, being in a spot where 
you might be able to look at a home that's above what your lender is recommending. But again, I think it comes back to just like you were saying, your team and your representation. If you have a lender that is, you know, that knows their stuff, they'll, they'll be able to point in the direction and say, here's, here's what you can be expected to pay. And then it does in a lot of cases come down to, well, what, what decision do you want to make? What, uh, what, what risk do you want to take on? And what do you think the trajectory of your current career is? Or even is this a forever home and what's happening in, in and around your area? Like our homes appreciating rapidly. Uh, and yeah. if that's the case, if you think, Hey, this is a good investment because we're paying a little bit above on our property, but in five years, we believe our property could be worth X. Um, so those are some things to take yes. into account as well. Um, Absolutely. I, th I think it'd be fun to talk about the asset versus liability question. And I, I would imagine that as a, as a realtor, you have some, some thoughts on this. Uh, you, know, you, you, know, you know the real estate business, obviously, um, really well. So when you hear people ask the question, you know, is real estate you know, my first home, a single family home? I've heard financial gurus call it an a, a liability. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on that? Is a home an asset or a liability? Uh, you know, the, that's an interesting question. And, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of people will say is both. Uh, property yeah. will be both. Um, and it depends on what standpoint you're looking at uh, the property from. Is it a legal or a financial standpoint? Um, if it's from a financial standpoint, I would say it depends. You know, if you have a loan that you've, um, you know, you're really over leveraged and you only have, you know, maybe 10% equity, I would say that, um, definitely you have liability because when we're looking at equity, again, equity is your property value minus your liabilities, which in this case is your loan. And uh, when you're in looking at that from that financial standpoint, if you are, um, you know, if your equity in a $400,000 house, um, your loan's 250, you essentially have an equity of 150. Yeah. And so you have a little bit less, um, uh, equity there. So your liability is a little bit more so than if you, um, had a higher down payment, let's say you had a higher property value of like $800,000. Well, in those higher loan amounts, you'll see, you know, down payments of 20%. So in an $800,000 home at 20%, that's $160,000, um, equity. So if you are in that position, you know, purchasing that equity, um, and getting a higher percentage equity off the bat, is always a great thing. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, having lower liability is always a, a better thing financially. Now, if you're looking at it from a, you know, a legal uh, standpoint, uh, let's say you have a property. Uh, we've all heard the, you know, someone walked across my property and twisted their ankle or broke their leg, falling right. in a hole, and now I'm getting sued. Right. That there's a definitely a, a liability there that, you know, you won't have to uh, worry about if you're in a, uh, you know, a rental or a an rental. apartment where, you know, it's, it's, it's not really your liability outside of your unit or outside of the property complex or what have you. Um, so I, I think it de definitely depends on the position you're looking at it from. I think it can also be, um, when we're talking about liability, uh, a property can be turned into more of an asset as it cash flows if you transfer that liability onto an, another person. And uh, uh, let's say you turn your older property, you get into a new newer house, you have a mortgage on the newer house, you turn your older property into a residential lease. Now that uh, financial liabilities, of course, moved on to the other person um, in between mm -hmm. them and really the bank, which is the, the owner of the risk involved in that loan. So the, there's the other 
two aspects you can look at it from is at a financial standpoint, uh, from a loan standpoint, that risk is taken on by the bank in between you and the bank that you will have that continuous income that will afford you to pay that mortgage uh, every month. And um, the difference with a legal standpoint is, let's say, uh, that going back to that residential lease, that person yeah. uh, is occupying and paying for that property now, uh, but someone breaks their leg out in the front porch of that prop or, or out on the front uh, lawn, uh, the person getting sued is still the owner. So you're still taking on that, that uh, legal liability there. And um, right. just going back to touch on the, um, the asset uh, risk, once that property cash flows, it's like going back to our residential lease option, um, you know, transferring that, that financial liability between now the bank and that new person uh, paying your, your mortgage, um, that would then, I guess, transfer at least um, a portion of the equity of that property into a, you know, an asset and more of an asset than a liability for the owner. Cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good point and a good uh, sort of way to chat about that conversation. I, I just think it's really an interesting topic and it's cool to hear some expert advice um, as a response. So thanks. Uh, can you help under, us understand a market like Bozeman? Why is a market like Bozeman so expensive? If I'm a first time home buyer and I'm in an area where I'm looking at homes thinking I'm making $30,000 a year or $35,000 a year, like I may never own a home. I might have to rent the rest of my life in this market. Um, how does that happen? What do economists say is going on in, in that market? Yes. So Bozeman, you know, we're experiencing a lot of uncontrolled growth and uh, it's kind of, you know, I have the analogy. It's kind of like a, a teenager, right. That's, that's, uh, or let's say even before that, like pre puberty, you know, I just want to be an adult. I want to be a grown up so bad. I just wanted right. to skip ahead 20 years. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, Bozeman's realized, so much growth and attraction from people uh, from out of state, you know, coming from California and the like that um, are looking at rental property, vacation rentals, or just moving here from out of state. Yeah. We're getting so much um, interest that a lot of these people are realizing, especially putting up new properties that we can charge anywhere in the high realm from 900 to some cases going to be $1,500 a month um, for wow. rent. Wow. And you know, that's the, that's definitely the upper range. Um, and then the other, the other aspect that's adding to this is a lot of these people that do own these fourplexes and, and let's say multiple door uh, rental properties uh, are realizing that these people are coming in and looking for more of a high echelon um, condo or townhouse mm -hmm. or even just apartment. And they're putting in thousands, tens of thousands uh, in some case, hundreds of thousands of dollars in renovations and rehab wow. to where they can, you know, charge another $500 of rent. Um, so, you know, going back to the home ownership viewpoint, uh, let's say it's, you know, you're saving $1,400, uh, excuse me, you're $1,400 in your mortgage payment yeah. every month. Coming off of that, even just the, um, you know, 1500 that's still 1200 a year over five to eight years of people owning the property, usually moving after eight years, that's almost $10,000. So, I mean, that's, that's enough in itself to make you realize, you know, I could be gaining um, a lot of, a lot of financial freedom from this and also making money on top of my savings 
Yeah. Um, going back to, you know, building the equity, uh, there's a lot of people that don't realize, and I've actually put out a video about this is a lot of cases that, uh, like we were just saying, the rent payment will be two to $300 above what their potential mortgage payment would be in an actual house. So, you wow. know, just realizing that in some cases in Bozeman can unlock a lot of possibilities for yeah. you to step into home ownership before you may feel like you're financially ready. Yeah. Getting those tools and getting some of that knowledge. Like I think a lot of first time home buyers don't quite know what a mortgage looks like. Uh, I've been renting all my life. It's easy. I cut a check to my property manager or the building owner and not yeah. knowing that, Hey, that check that you write each month for the last 10 years, if you had bundled that into a mortgage, you'd be 10 years into a mortgage and actually have another 10 K. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing to realize is, you know, you're paying rent to someone, they're paying a mortgage, you know, it's simple as that. So yeah. Looking at it from looking at it from the outside is I think the best tool is, you know, your tax benefits, uh, someone that's renting, you know, they're not going to enjoy um, any claim for a tax break that a property owner would. You know, you can't claim for a mortgage interest reduction. You can't claim for a property tax deduction. Right. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of cases, uh, in, every, in almost every case, housing costs are usually very, very similar month to month. You know, they don't change. Mm -hmm. And uh, your rent in a rental property is going to increase year to year guaranteed. And in Bozeman, we're seeing sometimes bi-monthly, you know, and, and it's going up up to oh, wow. $300, depending on those, like I was saying, those reno projects where people are taking a lot of time and money to um, renovate those properties are really asking a premium when, when those people do move in or those, uh, you know, those current renters uh, stay on their lease. So, yeah, um, you know, definitely looking at it from a tax break standpoint, as well as that mortgage standpoint, you're getting a lot of benefits that a renter just doesn't enjoy because they're not, simply not the owner of the property. That's the only difference. And then the other big difference is you're getting a whole house in comparison to, let's say, a four to 600 square foot, um, you know, one bedroom, right? small kitchen, you know, little apartment, studio. Yeah, thing. totally. So, With a yard. And if you have a dog, hey, goodbye pet fees, right? You just, yeah, you have a yard. Yeah, God forbid you're on the third third floor of a complex and you got a dog, you know, you got to take it down every two, you know, right. 20 minutes, three floors just to uh, do its business. So, you exactly. know, that's a pain in itself. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, I think it's a good time to jump into our segment, which we lovingly call closing time, where we ask our guests a couple questions uh, that we try to keep consistent, though it does vary based on who we're talking with. Uh, okay. So Chris, can you help a first time home buyer uh, with some financial advice, what piece of financial advice would you have for somebody who's looking to save up that down payment, but feels like it's uh, it's many miles away and perhaps many years away? Yeah. You know, like I was saying, get with a lender early. You know, even if you're not looking for a property, just meet with one and see what you can afford and uh, what's really realistic for you. Um, going back to our question about, you know, should we look at properties that are over list or over our financial comfortable comfortability level, I would say um, that's your best tool is getting with a lender and having a professional go yeah. over uh, your credit, your income, every single 
um, fractionable mar margin and metric they can pay attention to that will point you in the right direction. And then, you know, when you're going into making an offer and even before that, you know, you're getting your, your inspection. That's another thing I, uh, right off the bat of this video I actually didn't mention is get an inspection every yeah. time, even if it's a new property, you know, you'll have new properties. We actually saw one here in Bozeman uh, where the, you know, the builders will, or the manufacturers in this case will have a one year manufacturer warranty. If anything goes wrong, they come back and fix it. You know, that's their usual spiel, right. but you know, people will get into a house that's brand new and they'll find after two or three years, their shingle roof has a huge defect in it. And there's a leak happening that's been going down their siding for two years. So, and by that time, like I said, it's a one year manufacturer warranty. These things won't arise until, you know, usually two, three years later. Right. right. Um, and so in a shingle roof, and we're talking about a shingle roof here, that's like a 25 year uh, guaranteed, you know, lifetime yeah. uh, uh, lifespan. So when you're two, three years after and you have a problem with that, that's a huge deal. And so that's a, yeah. that's a thing that'll save you a lot of money is getting that inspection. And then also knowing how to fix things on your property. And, you know, I feel like mm. um, men and women of today have kind of lost that interest to fix something. If it's broken, you know, I'll throw it out or if it needs repair, I'll call an expert. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of situations you can fix something on the very cheap and save a lot of money over time with the upkeep of your property that yeah. another person will just, let's say we're going back to the roof thing. Let's say you have a leak in your roof. Um, most people today will just call a roofer, have them come over, they'll pay them for the consultation, and then they'll pay, you know, they'll recommend a new roof or a new section yep. or new shingles in that area, which in any rate is going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. When, you know, the average home buyer, the home owner doesn't realize they can just go to Lowe's and get a seven or eight dollar gallon of wet patch, Henry's wet right. patch and fix it themselves. So yeah. those are great tools too. You know, uh, us agents, we look at it a lot of times from the outside, we get you into the property and of course we keep in touch and we, we still are your friends and we love you afterwards. But, um, you know, getting in touch with, um, people that can help you with those kind of, uh, those smaller tasks. And another thing is the internet is huge. I mean, go on YouTube, yeah. be like, type in, I have a, I have a mold problem in my ceiling. Like what's going on? And even before you call up an expert, you can see, you know, there's multiple ways you can kind of remedy that. And if not, you'll know, right. be able to go to an expert with a little more information, a little more um, insight on what's happening. Yeah. I love that piece of advice. Like, Hey, get, roll up the sleeves a little bit. Uh, once you're in the property, this is a good way to save some money and put it in the bank instead of put it in a contractor's pockets. Uh, we certainly, and then also know when to not do that and know when it's over your head and you should call a professional totally. and not cause damage to your own property. So yes. that's another thing too. My wife and I were very busy. We have a rental property and the washer and dryer had, it, or the, the dryer had stopped working and it had stopped working once before. Um, and I went in and, and got it working again, you know, just kind of figured out the plug and it stopped a second time. And so we called a contractor and they have a hundred dollar show up fee. So, you know, if it takes them five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, you know, that, that hundred dollars is right there. And, um, mm -hmm. they flipped on the, they flipped on the breaker and it started working again. So we paid yeah. someone $120 <laughs> to show up and switch a breaker. I'm like, well, I guess we were, yep. we're never going to be too busy to see if it's the breaker ever again. So that's good. Yeah. That's so funny. You mentioned washing uh, at washer and dryer because I, we actually had a recently um, 
I, I was uh, looking through this article and there was a guy, uh, I think it was in California where they have a lot of electric cars. Um, and it's funny that you, you, you mentioned uh, washer dryer. This guy uh, bought a property and he had a Tesla and he wanted to have a, um, a handyman come by, you know, an electrical engineer and wire one of the quick chargers into his garage. Um, mm. You know, the 220 volt, whatever plug. And right. it cost him nearly $5,000 to just have a plug put in his garage and wired to, you know, the ground power and everything. And a lot of people, again, going back to Lowe's and Home Depot, yep. people don't realize that that 220 plug is the same plug as your washer and dryer power. Uh, and you can actually put that in for under $20 yourself if you have a screwdriver and a drill. $5,000. $5,000 yep. for an install for just a plug. So that's another thing going back to the wet patch. There's so many cheap yeah. options to set your home up for. <laughs> Uh, you know, for whatever you need, uh, be it a, a financial or a even just a, a quick charger, um, any any of those aspects that increase value or provide a, an attachment to your home that adds value, yeah. you can save so much money doing it yourself in the right uh, applications. Yeah. So that was another thing I remembered from that. That was a, that was too funny. Yeah, that's great. And and even before you're in a home, you know, ways to save money with DIY projects, things like your car. You know, hey troubleshoot it. And a lot of times it, it might be things that yes, an expert needs to take a look at. So you don't lose a finger, but uh, sometimes yeah. you can, sometimes you can solve it. And so it's worth doing some YouTubing and, yeah. and Google searching for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Chris, how can people find out more about you? I know, you know, you've got a few ventures going on the, the Montana real estate consultant group sounds like a really cool uh, project happening. Tell us a little bit about that and, yeah. and, and who, who's your ideal uh, kind of clientele. Yeah, you know, our ideal client is really anyone looking for any help in real estate. You know, we can help even people outside of Montana and all the other 49 states. Cool. Um, we specialize in everything from new home buyers to people relocating for business to commercial sales to land. So we really do it all. Um, we're, like I said, a four person team. We're very lean, we're really mean. And we have the tools and knowledge to help a lot of people. Uh, in fact, our, our experience level among all four of us uh, totals about, you know, over 30, 40 years. So it's, amazing. Um, it's, it's really, really awesome. We actually have two veteran uh, agents in our group and uh, two newer agents as well. So, um, but uh, for contact, you can, you know, find us on Facebook, uh, Montana Real Estate Consultants. We have a page there. Okay. Uh, my personal page is Chris Narrow. Uh, my uh, other page is uh, Chris Nero, co-founder of Montana Real Estate Consultants. But you can just search Drumming Realtor on Facebook. And okay. I'm also at The Drumming Realtor on Instagram. Uh, I have a lot of my kind of merge uh, uh, of drumming and real estate. So kind yeah. of mixing the two, making it a little entertaining. and Something we didn't talk too than, much about uh, is your, is your yeah. drumming, uh, drumming career, which is awesome. So uh, Thank perhaps you. if they follow you on Instagram, they can see some of your clips and perhaps hire you for a gig here and there here in Montana. Please do come check it out. And you know, the yeah. easiest way to get a hold of me is, is of course my cell phone. My number is 406-548-7219. So give me a call, Great. shoot me a text, get a hold of me and, and uh, I can help you out. Exciting stuff. We'll make sure to include those, that info in the, in the show notes here. 
Um, hopefully you don't get hopefully you don't get robo dialed by too many people if I put it on the internet. But maybe we'll do like the four, spell it out. You know, oh six. So uh, sure, the Craigslist method. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the absolutely. Craigslist method. Um, great. Well, Chris, this has been a real delight. Thank you so much for being a guest uh, on our podcast, and um, we hope you you have a successful December here and heading into next quarter. So uh, if you have any yeah, questions you. out there, listeners, reach out to Chris and he'll help you out. Thank you so much, guys. Kyle, thanks for having me, man. I can't wait. Maybe we can have another conversation in the future. Uh, I know I mentioned this to my team. They were super excited. So maybe we can have a few of them on uh, at some yeah. point in the future. I know they have a lot of, lot of value to bring. So cool. thanks for what you're doing here. You know, this is, again, such a cool thing that you put on. And uh, I, I really am a very, very uh, thankful to be a part of it. And I look forward to being a part of it in the future as well. Yeah, well, thanks for the kind words. Have a great day. Absolutely. See you, Kyle. See you. Bye-bye.